Jeff. And I'm Craig. And you know what time it is. It's nighttime. Boom. That's right. We uh, just marathoned five more episodes of Erie, Indiana. My name is Marshall Teller. I knew my new hometown was going to be different from where I grew up in New Jersey. But this is ridiculous. Nobody believes me. But Erie, Indiana is the center of weirdness for the entire planet. Oh, yeah. And these were some of the delicious episodes that Jeff was looking forward to. Yeah, these are... Five of my favorites, actually. Um, starting with... What was the first one we watched? Uh, for tonight, this this new batch. By the way, if uh, you're catching this as our first episode or didn't listen to our previous episode on Erie, Indiana, please join us, won't you, for the previous episode where we talk about the first five episodes of Joe Dante's Erie, Indiana. The first one we watched tonight, episode six is Just Say No Fun. A sense of humor is a sign of intelligence. That's what my dad says. He also says sometimes Simon and I are too smart for our own good. We were just a couple of wise guys trying to have some fun. We weren't looking for trouble. But in Erie, trouble always has a way of finding us. Simon gets his eyes checked at the school nurse's office and comes out with huge horn-rimmed glasses with the power to make its wearer boring and disinterested in fun. Just say no fun. Now repeat after me. All work and no fun makes Simon a good boy. All work and no fun makes Simon a good boy. Yeah. Um, and you pointed out it's another example of like amazing technology that people have come up with in Erie that could change the world. Well, I mean, it's, just it's, destroyed it. <laughs> That's, yeah, for sure. I mean, you, you know, they had this device. Kids can just look into these, you know, optical. It almost looks like what you, you know, if you go get your eyes checked. It's like that type of device, kind of, yeah. and but when you look through it, it kind of mind melts you, and you yeah, sort of hypnotizes you into being complacent and like yeah. just following orders and you know reading and be being better, uh, being a better student in school, yeah. basically. I mean, you know, if, if maybe a less ruthless version was used, I mean, kids <laughs> with ADHD or yeah. uh, criminals, uh, just people that we kind of want or need to fly straighter. Um, I don't know. It seems... Yeah. I feel like its powers could be used for good. And actually, the powers weren't used for entirely evil purposes. I mean, they were helped. They were wanting these students to be, you yeah. know... Yeah. Or, one, of the, one of the first students that right. gets... Uh, the treatment is a school bully, remember? Mm-hmm. So, boom, right there. A school bully who is shorter than Marshall, and Marshall could probably take that kid. Yeah, <laughs> I would think Simon and Marshall could probably take him without much problem. Yeah. But, you know, I guess uh, sometimes charisma goes a long way, and that yeah. kid, you know, he knew how to use it. He knew he knew the way to play it and, and be intimidating. And you pointed out he kind of had a wisp of a mustache, mm-hmm. so maybe that was That's enough. That's true. At that age, to kind of intimidate him just a little. He did have that eighth grade mustache where it was sort of like a little bit of peach fuzz. Yes. Um, the nurse, uh, very eccentric and fun character, I thought. Yeah. Uh, and it was a nice effect when the kids are looking through the viewfinder. It's kind of like some stop animation kind of happens. That kind of the devices kind of moving around and everything. And then uh, the school nurse becomes like Jombie from Pee-wee's Playhouse. <laughs> and her head just kind of like, head. yeah, like superimposes over the wherever they're seeing. And she's mm-hmm. being very, you know, you will be obedient, you know, that, that type of thing. Right. 
Um, and how, how does... Simon goes through the treatment as well. He becomes... He has the specs on. He becomes very nerdy and... Uh, yeah, but lackluster. Like, he has no lust for life. He's just kind of... Yeah, his personality's know. gone. He's just a boring zombie. Yeah. Who's just... And normally Simon, Simon is a... Uh, Wisecracker. He's kind of a fun-loving, yeah. silly kid. And he, uh, now he's just a kid who wants to go to the world of stuff and read books about smart things. He probably would have went on to cure cancer, but yeah. no. But no. Marshall had to fuck it up. How did Once he do it? Once again, Marshall's meddling around where he shouldn't be. Mm. Like that old lady who could still be in her 30s. That's right. It weren't for Marshall. That was definitely being used as an evil thing, but... In a way, kind of still kind of a good thing. I mean, he probably would have gotten better grades. Right. Gotten a better job after high school, maybe, or college. Gotten into a good college. But we never know. We actually never know what happens to Marshall and uh, and Simon after after the first 19 episodes. <laughs> you know, that's a good thought experiment. After we see the, the first 19 episodes, and maybe the pilot to the spinoff, because apparently they're in that as well as the older kids. Yeah, um, you know, I saw the first episode of that, yeah. and it's it looks like it wasn't filmed for that. It was, uh, it was like uh, B-roll, and you can tell it's just, they cut away when they're talking and stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it looks like they're oh, saying stuff. Neat, actually. Yeah. But maybe that could be a uh, something we could speculate on when we watch all of them. We can speculate on what happens to these kids after the the close of the series. And you, listener, feel free to chime in with us. Yeah. Whatever you think happens to poor old Marshall and Simon. What did they go on to do? Are they doing a podcast now? Ooh, they probably are, actually. I bet they could do a podcast. We're already answering our own question. Yeah. They probably have an Art Bell. Remember Art Bell? Yeah. Line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes. Hi. Um, I... I, I... I don't have a whole lot of uh, time. Um, well, look, let's begin yeah. by finding out whether you're using this line properly or not. Uh, area 51. Yeah, um, that's right. Were you an employee or are you now? Uh, I, a former employee. Former um, employee. I, I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago. And, and <laughs> I, I've kind of been running a, across the country. Um, oh, man, I don't know where to start. There are... Uh, they're, they're gonna, um, they'll triangulate on this position really, really soon. Um, well, you can't spend a lot of time on the phone, so give us something quick. Okay, um, um, okay, what, what we're thinking of as, as aliens are, they're, uh, they're, they're extra dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the, um, space program made contact with. Uh, they they are not what they claim to be. Uh, they have infiltrated a lot of uh, uh, a lot of aspects of, of of the military establishment, particularly the Area 51. Uh, the, the disasters that are coming. They the, the military. I'm sorry. The, the government knows about them, and. There's a lot of safe areas in this world that they could begin moving the population to now, Art. But they're not doing, they're not doing anything. They are not. They want the major population centers wiped out so that the, the few that are left will be more easily controllable. They probably have that type of podcast yeah. where they speculate on, you know, Erie, Indiana and their youth. But that's yeah. that's assuming they survived. Yeah. Let's let's go back to the uh, yeah, so back to the episode. How, do, how does Marshall uh, come out on top? How does he cure Simon and the others? Because eventually, almost the entire school is affected by it. It seems like, including yeah. some of the faculty. It seems like the kryptonite to this thing is Groucho glasses. Yes. Which everyone glasses. for some reason everyone thinks are hilarious on the show, but in reality, no one's ever laughed at Groucho glasses. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Maybe maybe little kids, but um, but inevitably, Marshall forces the school nurse to go into the device. Yeah, and he manipulates it. Simon becomes an expert on how to operate the machine. <laughs> yeah, just out of the blue, like yeah. he just at, 
automatically knows what buttons to push to reverse the pol- whatever he does to like make it hypnotize the lady. And they hypnotize her to have fun, basically. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, when we say the words womp bop a doo womp bop a doo uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Nurse Nancy, are you all right? <laughs> You're going to start laughing and never stop. Mm. Which, they basically turn, turn her into a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel like what they did to her is ten times worse than what she did to everyone else. <laughs> You imagine you just like you can't stop laughing for the rest of your life. Like, she, she, oh my god, please make it stop! Right? I mean, it's, it's kind of like someone that had, that you know you hear like the human piece uh, story on the news about someone that's been hiccuping mm-hmm. for like twenty years, and you just think, oh my god, it's so terrible, you know? Hi, on Springfield, we meet a man who's been hiccuping for forty-five years. <laughs> Kill me. Kill me. It's kind of similar, like you know, just constantly laughing. Yeah, uh, it's no kind end. of it's a, it's it's dawning on me on me right now that we've become like old men, where we're just like this machine was for usually for good. <laughs> Everything would have been good in school, and well, like, why would you want to laugh? I don't know. Like, I'm starting to realize, like, oh yeah, but yeah, it does seem like a crazy person though if you're just constantly laughing and not not stopping. Maybe he should have been a little more specific. Laugh every once in a while. Lighten up. Have fun. womp womp a doo So just just say no to fun. Uh, the school nurse goes batshit crazy, starts laughing. The rest of the school does as well. Everyone that's been affected, they throw, they cast away their glasses that kind of hold the spell over them, and they all just start laughing. And everyone embraces fun again. Yeah. Um, and then we're left with the school nurse driving up to Canada for some reason. Yeah, I, I don't know that. why. Why did she go to Canada? I'm not entirely sure. I, I caught. I missed that as well. Um, yeah, yeah, and then the Canadian Mountie at the at the gate to Canada is like really disgusted with her and how Americans scum of the earth. (laughs) Agreed. That's 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 why uh, that's what he's basically saying. He's just like, ugh, I hate these guys. But whatever. Welcome Canada. Anything to declare, ma'am? Americans. So, moving on, <laughs> episode seven. This is the one you are really looking forward to. Yes. Another Joe Dante joint. Yeah, this is one of my favorite episodes, and it's Heart on a Chain. Yeah, it's one of the episodes that uh, has like stuck with me ever since I saw it when I was like eleven or twelve, uh, and it's the first time. I mean, it's the first time I remember seeing Danielle Harrison anything, and I, I know she was in Halloween four and five before this, but mm. I didn't watch those movies when they came out. And I think the last Boy Scout, I think that came out before the show. You had plenty of opportunities. I know. But I remember watching this as a 12-year-old and just mm. being smitten with her mm. at the time. And just like, oh, that girl is so beautiful. And, of course, Marshall and his friend, the kid from the Burbs, uh, yeah. they, they form huge crushes on her immediately. I saw first. No idea. Much like I did. And uh, His name is Devin, by the way. Yeah, and he Devin. dresses just like Bender from uh, Breakfast Club. Exactly. He even pops both of his collars. Yeah. Uh, and Danielle Harris shows up. She's got a heart condition, and uh, new new kid to school. Yeah, new kid to school. They introduce her with the heart condition. Yeah, like the like, teacher is like, by the way, by the way, this lady, this little girl has a life threatening heart condition. Yeah, uh, she's moved to Erie because for, I guess Erie has the best heart surgeons in the country. <laughs> sure, I believe uh, it. And she's she moved to Erie hoping that. 
another kid would die and she would have a heart donor. <laughs> and lucky for her, this the kid dies. After some courting, there's some awkward courtship where Devin and Marshall are kind of competing for the love of young Danielle Harris. And uh, poor Simon, by the way, is cast away. Yeah. Simon, the best friend through the series, seven episodes in, uh, Marshall completely ignores him when he discovers that oh, yeah. there's a woman he's he's interested in. And also in the pre- one of the previous episodes where uh, you know Simon kind of feels left out because Marshall's hanging out with some of the older kids. In this episode, Simon seems pretty content being by himself. That's true. <laughs> he's kind of learned, you know, he's like, learned yeah. to enjoy being alone. Yeah. And he's also, I'm sure he's thinking like, yeah, he'll come back. Yeah. But, uh, uh, and also it's kind of hilarious to hear Devin and, uh, Marshall, just from the perspective of an older person, them explain why they like Daniel yeah. Harris or whatever. And they're just like, oh, she's the coolest girl in the world. And it's like, how, why, why yeah. do you think that? She she did she literally the only thing she even said before that was I forgot my pen here 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 Hey, listen, Jeff. It's nighttime. <laughs> it's alright for you to be more honest. You know, this is what you see, H- a, you see a hot girl, you want to let her borrow your pencil. There's not a metaphor. <laughs> not a metaphor. Half-ass horror cast nights. Uh, so yeah, prolonged courtship. You know, and this involves. Uh, stunts on skateboards, as you pointed out. Yes, the most lackluster, unimpressive <laughs> uh, skateboard stunts I've ever seen. Uh, they they make out like he's like, "Hey, check this out." Devin, Go, by the yeah. way, the guest friend yeah. or whatever. Devin gets on his Nash skateboard and gets out in the street, and he just skates in circles. That's all he does. He doesn't do any yeah. ollies. He doesn't do any kick flips. Just impress everyone. Right? Yeah, and he you no know, shove it or anything. He just gets out there and he's literally just skating in a circle. And, like, Daniel Harris just seems incredibly impressed by this. I wish I could do that. And so in an attempt to uh, show him up, Marshall goes out into the street and starts popping wheelies on his bike. (laughs) And uh, that's when the dreaded milk truck turns the corner. Yes. You think Devin's about to get hit by the milk truck, but Devin is too cool for that. He grabs onto the back of the milk truck, a la Marty McFly. Yeah. And uh, says his catchphrase Live fast, die young, leave a good looking corpse. As he's pulled away by the the milk truck, and Daniel Harris is standing there just like with hearts in her eyes, mm. and she's smitten. Yeah, she's like, Devin is my dude. But then, you know, of course, was it like the next day, Marshall and uh, Devin are hanging out talking about how great Daniel Harris is? And, uh, once again, Devin is skating in circles in the middle of the street, and, um, Milkman comes from, like, a mile away. You can clearly see that there's a child (laughs) skateboarding in the middle of the street for several yards, at least. I don't know, like, how long would would you say that was? I mean, it was, it was a good distance. Like, the the milk truck, what I'm getting at is that milk, the guy driving the milk truck could have easily avoided him or caught his He was hired by Daniel (laughs) Harris's parents. Yeah. To kill a young child exactly. of the appropriate age for a heart <laughs> transplant. Because that's what happens. Yeah. The, the parents must have overheard that he was like, my heart belongs to you. I tell you, I, I'd give her my heart in a second. And they're like, oh, really? Let's hire the milkman to kill this kid. We'll take the heart and we'll put it in our daughter. So Devin gets hit by the milk truck, which is becomes a running theme in the show. Also, a friend of the week is a running theme, apparently, of the show. Oh, yeah. Marshall gets a new friend every week that inexplicably is never seen again at some point. Exactly. In this point, in this case, it makes sense, because Devin dies. Yeah, Devin gets killed by getting hit by the milk truck, Mm -hmm. which would devastate... Like, at that age, at, like, 12, 13 years old, that's going to be a big deal. Like, not only, like, of course... Marshall and Danielle Harris's character, they're going to be probably the, mo- the most distraught because they were hanging out with him regularly at the time of his death. But even just 
in the school, there would be a big thing in right. the yearbook, and everyone would be freaked out because the little kid died. Sure. Uh, but it seems like Danielle Harris is the only one mourning Devin's death. Because <laughs> Marshall shows up, and he's like, look, you got to get over this, because, uh, I mean, it's been like a week. I mean, how long are you going to mourn this kid's death? You walk like him, ride a skateboard like him? You're the one that won't let go, Melanie. That's not true. Are you going to spend your whole life wearing his necklace? Having a heart attack every time you kiss someone else? You have to say goodbye. Tell him to leave you alone. And take those pictures and put them away. But you pointed out it's probably been much longer than a week. But yeah, it just she seems did, like she it's had been... a heart transplant, so yeah. it takes a while to recover. Obviously, yeah. especially at that age, and you know, um, and she's fine. By the time we have scenes with Marshall and right. Daniel Harris, uh, she she has no ill effects. She seems to be totally healthy. So yeah. I would think it's been a few weeks at least. I mean, yeah. But she also has. I'm no medical doctor. She also has the heart of her friend beating in her chest, like she's alive because he died. And sure. Marshall seems to be like, hey, why don't you just get over it already? Yeah, right. Let's make Listen, out. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here right now. I mean, come on. He lost. I won. You know? <laughs> Clearly, that's what this is about. Yeah. So he's he he tells Danielle Harris like it is. Yeah. He says, hey, get over it. And, yeah. um, but she's also the kind of a classic, you know, in any time in a movie or, uh, you know, pop culture Someone gets a body part from someone, you know, mm-hmm. it seems to be like, oh, they take on the traits of whoever they get the body part from. Yeah. And that very much so happens with Daniel Harris, right? She she starts dressing like Bender. Yeah. She starts doing the little pencil trick where she's stabbing between her fingers really yeah. fast. She uh, adopts his catchphrase. Live fast, die young. <laughs> Leave a good looking corpse. She's skateboarding as well. In a circle. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> she... Um, and I mean, it's it's pretty. It's the resolution comes pretty quickly in this one. I feel like um, yeah. Marshall really keeps pushing her to get over it. At a certain point, he gives her an ultimatum of like, "Hey, listen, we we'll meet me at World of Stuff tomorrow. We're going to talk about this." And she's like, "Uh, okay." Like you can tell yeah. she's kind of like, well, "This isn't really your business, but okay, let's do this." Yeah. You know. And he he also goes. To the point of, like, breaking into her house right. to tell her to get over it. And yeah. then he's like, let's keep talking about this later. Yeah. And she's like, I guess. Yeah, he's, he's, he's <laughs> very out of line in this episode. I, yeah, I just, he really is. Um, so he shows up to World and Stuff, and she's not there. And somehow Simon knows that she went to the graveyard. Yeah. And Simon's like, yeah, no, she's she's at the graveyard, don't you know? And I saw her at the graveyard. I was hanging out there earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and then they both run to the, the graveyard, but she's already having a heart-to-heart, if you will, uh-huh. with uh, Devin's tombstone. Yeah, she's standing at Devin's tombstone, telling him, like, hey, look, Marshall's right. I just need to get over this. And I need to live my life. I can't... Because another thing we left out, she tries to... She and Marshall... Almost kiss at one point. She oh, starts to right. feel yeah. heart palpitations, and she's like, "No." So it seems like every time she and Marshall get close, her heart has like issues, and she realizes like, "Oh, Devin's heart won't let me be with Marshall." Yeah. Um, so she just goes to tell Devin like, "Hey, look, you got to let me live my life." And then uh, <laughs> pans over to uh, Marshall. Marshall's like, "I'm glad you did that." <laughs> He's been the eavesdropping on her. It was, I thought it was one of the most fucked up things I've ever seen on a kid's show. I know. Where and it gets more fucked up because then he, like, makes out with this girl right. on his friend's grave. Yes. Like, standing on top of where his friend is buried. And well, he's just like, I'm going to make out with your girl now on your grave. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's worth noting, though, that, you know, Mar- Marshall says, hey, right, I'm glad you did this. You needed to. He steps over to her. And Daniel Harris says... Listen, I've kind of come to the realization that, you know, I'm just not ready for a relationship right now. I wasn't ready for Devin. And I'm not ready for you either. I had to be by myself for a while. Don't you think? And then he just goes in for a kiss anyway. <laughs> like, he doesn't give a shit. He, yeah. like, Marshall wants what he wants. Exactly. Marshall's going to go for it. And they not, and like when he goes in for the kiss, I thought it was going to be a polite like you know peck or whatever because they're very, they're like, like a kiss years on the old. cheek or something. Yeah, yeah I thought and, and they just said literally we don't want a relationship, 
They both agree on it. I thought it was going to be a quick kiss, but no, it's an open mouth tongue kiss. Yeah. They are, I was shocked. I mean, like, again, making out. we are sounding, I'm sounding like an old man again, <laughs> but like, I don't give a shit. I thought it was too much. And if yeah. I had been directing it, Joe Dante, you made a mistake. He you should have said like, oh, I, the, the, oh, let's you do it like, again. Oh, cut. Hey. Yeah. Guys. Like, uh, <laughs> like, let's do it again. Uh, and keep in mind that our audience is younger and... And you're standing on top of your friend's grave. You're standing on top of your friend's grave. <laughs> you just said you don't want a relationship. It would be a more polite kiss than that. Yeah. You know, let's, let's kind of make like it... like a little peck. But, I mean, they, they went... I don't know if, like, in real life they were maybe a little attracted to each maybe. other. Or maybe they wanted to seem more adult in the yeah. moment. They're like, no, we're not going to just do some little kid kiss. We're going to, like, let's fucking do this. We're gonna fuck do each it? other with our mouths. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> you know, like... I, I don't yeah. know. It was just... She's like, I don't want to be with anyone right now, including you. Yeah, whatever. It's oh, yeah. time. Like Simon was playing a saxophone in the background. You know, like sunglasses on. But yeah, so and then they they kiss, and it kind of, um, and from what I remember, it just sort of pans away, right? It just yeah, kind she, of ends she there. walks away. The Grim Reaper walks by for some. Yeah, we saw the Grim Reaper makes a little cameo walking yeah. by in the cemetery. Yeah. yeah, so if you've watched this episode and you didn't notice that, go back to the, the the last scene as Daniel Harris is walking away, and then Marshall turns to Simon. You see the Grim Reaper walk by with a sickle. And yeah, he's just, just kind of casually car. walking through the scene. Yeah. yeah, he's just casually rocking around in the background. And then uh, the Marshal turns to Simon and he's like, "Hey, buddy, we can hang out now. This girl's gone." You yeah, know, like basically, yeah, that's just, which is kind of how life is sometimes. You know, like, right? You meet a girl, you're infatuated, everything's great. You kind of forget to hang out with your friends a little bit, and then she breaks your heart, and you turn around, and you're like, "Where are my friends?" Uh, I, I, happens to everybody. I have to say, though, I, I, as, as common as the story is, and as much as anyone can relate to it, and it was a real-world story. I mean, you could argue not that much supernatural happened. It was just yeah. like a normal, you know, evolution of a, of a relationship at that age. But uh, I have to say, I really, really back up Daniel Harris's decision in this. Yes. I think she very wisely chose to step away from this dude and tell him, I don't want to have anything to do with you. It's like, Look, oh dude, shit, I have no choice but to kiss you in this moment. Okay, get away from me. Yeah. Goodbye forever. You know, like, um, because he was way, he was overstepping his bounds constantly. I mean, constantly. So I, I don't blame him. I blame her yeah. for, you know, cutting him out. So. Good on this you. Is, this is also like a perspective you get as an adult watching it too. Because like <laughs> as a kid, it didn't occur to me that like, yeah, he's like totally being out of line right now. Like, oh uh, well, yeah, that's a good point. So when you watched this as a kid and it really resonated with you, did you feel bad for Marshall? Were you like, oh man, like I think um, they should try it a little bit harder? From what I remember, I mean, I always you know I like the character of Marshall because I was, so I was always rooting for him, and uh, but. I don't. I don't remember how I felt about it really, but I don't remember necessarily feeling like, oh, he's way out of line. Uh, but you, as a kid, you just kind of accept whatever you're seeing, and you feel like, well, he's the protagonist of this show that we're supposed to relate to. So, if Marshall, Marshall's wiser than I am, I guess I don't know. <laughs> so I thought maybe like he knew better, and he was like trying to help her and protect her, but. Watching it as an adult now, you kind of see how he's kind of just being like, "Hey, man, get over that dude and make out with me." <laughs> um, this is the episode, by the way, before I forget about it, that had uh, the nice little fly reference, or whatever. Oh, right, yeah. What we have, uh, you know, there's a point where the characters are walking past a park bench, and you see a spider web, mm-hmm. and you can hear the little "Help me, help me, yeah." Um, nice little uh, reference there. Um, here's a little piece of half-assed horror cast trivia for you. Let's play one round. It is time once again for... Half-assed horror trivia! Shall we? What is the real origin of live fast, die young, and leave a good-looking corpse? Where did that come from? Was it from... Rebel Without a Cause? No! Was it from... Okay, no, go ahead. It is often attributed to James Dean, Mm -hmm. um, but it was in fact uh, in a Humphrey Bogart 
Humphrey Bogart's movie called Knock on Any Door. Hmm. And it's said by an actor, John Derrick. Um, I'm just thinking of that scene in the classroom where Devin first says that. He's like, the best I am, give a good looking corpse. It'd be funny if Marshall was like, it's a weird thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the motto was first used two years earlier in the book the film was based on, Knock on Any Door, by the African-American novelist Willer- Willard Motley. So I'm pretty sure the next one we we watched was the broken record, right? Pretty sure that was the next. In, in the Pebble Amazon, surface. the Amazon Prime lineup, we watched one called the broken record. For some reason, online it's listed as the last one um, that aired, and it, it, they said that it aired all the way in December 9th, 1993, hmm. which is like way after the run. So I don't, I don't really understand. Maybe it was shot earlier and they just saved it and they were like, well, we still have this one episode we never air. We'll just air it. Yeah. But uh, it doesn't it, – if you if you watch the entire series, it doesn't make sense that that episode would come after the last episode. No, you're, you're correct. And then, see, there's something – there's something called production code mm-hmm. uh, that it lists next to each episode as well. And it's listed as 1005 – which I think puts it in chronological order actually at number five hmm. because uh, the the pilot, for instance, is 1001 okay. and the ATM episode is 1003 and so on. Okay. So it just aired all fucked up, which is not uncommon. Right. So, uh, But the next one we watched was called The Broken Record. Uh, Todd Marshall, excuse me, another friend of the week, Todd Marshall's shy, nerdy friend with a verbally abusive father suddenly turns into a rebellious punk rocker after listening to one of Marshall's favorite records. But is the music really to blame? Meanwhile, Edgar and Marilyn worry about Sydney taking part in a police ride-along, which is like a nowhere yeah. B-plot. But yeah. um, I, 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 I had a lot of problems with this one, too. This is another one where Marshall was a real asshole. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Marshall, like... Gets this kid into this band yeah. that he likes called the Pitbull Surfers. He's like, hey, check out this band. They're Wait, great. Hey, man, check out these guys. Eardrum lobotomy is mega funny. I thought a little mindless headbanging music would cheer him up. Maybe change his outlook. I was only too right. No one understands you. No one digs your dream. Just crank up the music. Don't want to hear your parents scream. What you need is ear drum lobotomy, ear drum lobotomy, yeah, yeah, yeah. He literally does. He yeah. he like shows him a record, encourages him to buy it. They go to his house and listen to it, and they're all into it. They seem to be really having a great time, and that's kind of the end of it. Yeah. Well, no, Marshall. I mean, um, Todd's dad interrupts, right? Yeah, Todd's dad comes in and chews him out and makes it really awkward in front yeah. of his So you're friends. listening to garbage. You're garbage. That type of thing. Yeah. yeah. What is wrong with you? Aren't you stupid enough? Isn't your brain already full of mush? You want to pollute that worthless mind of yours even more. Turns into a big blow-up fight. Yeah. And then um, the kid leaves the room, and it's Marshall and Simon standing there awkwardly, and they're like, uh, I guess we should go. You know. <laughs> and they go outside, and they check on their buddy, Todd, who uh, seems... Like, he's trying to act like everything's fine. Right. He's like, no, nah, whatever, it's cool. I like, you know, pissing my dad off. <laughs> um, and then he um, he sort of takes comfort in this band, in the Pitbull Surfers, where he uh, he's getting all this uh, flack from his dad. His dad's being mean to him and yelling at him and calling him a loser and everything. So, like... He feels like he identifies with this band and they can, uh, you know, their lyrics are very, like, the lyrics to the songs are basically what his dad tells him, like, you know, the car's more important than you are, stuff like that. <laughs> the house is more important than you are. The car is more important than you are. The job is more important than you are. Face the facts. No one cares if you live or die. But for some reason, when he hears it's sung by the band, he thinks it's cool. Mm. Uh, and then he changes his appearance. He like changes his hair and everything. And then Marshall's like, he's like, "Hey, you guys want to go see the Pitbull Surfers in concert?" No, Todd is like that. Wait, Todd, what did I say? Todd says that to Marshall. You said Marshall says that. Oh, yeah, Todd, that's what I meant. He says it to Marshall. Yeah, Todd and Todd. I think you you glossed over his transformation because okay. Todd definitely dresses. What he's like, kind of a button down nerdy kid with glasses and. 
the next day he shows up and he looks like he's a twisted sister, like castaway or something. Like he yeah. has, you know, cut off, um, like really, really tight jeans, uh, boots, and he painted his jacket with black paint. Yeah, and, and he dyed his hair black and took his glasses off. Had an earring. Right, one of his mom's earrings. They make a yeah. point for some reason of saying that it's mom. His mom's earring, and he's got like, a little bit of eyeliner, and you know, he's got big J. Ogerson gloves where the fingers are cut off. <laughs> so it, it's a pretty big transformation, and yeah, he he jumps on Marshall and Simon. Like, hey, you guys want to go see what are they called again? The pit hole, pit, the, the pit bull surfers, the pit bull surfer surfers. Live in concert in Indianapolis, which is not that far away, I would assume. They're yeah, near, I mean, near in Indiana, right? So, Which naturally, like, hey, my friend Marshall likes this band. He introduced me to them. I like this band. I'll invite my friend Marshall to go right. to this concert. And Marshall's like, what are you, nuts? I mean, they're okay, but you're going overboard wanting to go see them in concert. He said, <laughs> I mean, it was brutal because he yeah. was like, I mean, in one sentence, he was just like, you're an idiot. <laughs> and I only like that band as a joke. He's like, yeah, I thought it was kind of funny, but I mean, it's just a joke, right? Pitbull surfers are coming to Indianapolis in two weeks. Tickets go on sale today. Want to go with me? Score some front row seats? Well, uh, no, Todd. I'm not really that into the Pitbull surfers. I mean, you know, with all that dumb Nazi stuff, I kind of think they're a joke. Don't you? Yeah, and it's just so like, damn, dude, you like introduce this kid to this band. Yeah, like he loves this stuff, and he suddenly like, he's he he loves it, and you're just I, I just couldn't I didn't get it at all. Like, yeah. I, I, it lost me there, I, you know. But yeah, also like, I don't know if the, the, whoever wrote the episode was thinking in this way that like at that age you do, you are kind of insensitive sometimes, and maybe mm. say things that uh, aren't so nice, right? But yeah, I also keep have, keep reminding myself this is written by a, an adult. But you know, <laughs> but you know, uh, maybe Marshall could have just been like, uh, "Hey, you guys want to go to the concert?" And Marshall could have been like, "Oh no, thanks, man. I don't. I mean, I like the band and all, but I I don't know if I really want to go see him in concert. But thank right. you. You know, like you know, an adult would say it that way, I guess. Right. But like Marshall was just like, "What are you nuts?" Or I don't really like that band. I was just joking. You know, or even just like. <laughs> My parents probably won't let me go. Right. You know, just pawn it off on them and just leave it at that. I mean, they're very young. They're 13 years old. So yeah. It's like, well, how are we going to get to Indianapolis? Like, yeah. I'm going to steal a milk truck. <laughs> well, and then, and then uh, Todd is like, well, to hell with you guys. I'm going to hitchhike. <laughs> I'm hitchhiking. And he immediately starts trying to hitchhike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. And then he's like, fuck hitchhiking. I'm going to steal this milk truck. And then he's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he and Marshall get in this milk truck, and like, of course, he wrecks it because he's thirteen. So then, yeah, there's like this running thing with a milk truck in that show. And then uh, uh, paramedics show up, and who are the paramedics? Yeah, it's Bert and Ernie from episode one. Callback. Yeah, they yeah. went to EMT school and became paramedics yep. in a few weeks. Yeah, it could happen quickly. You know, uh, got to make a living somehow. Their mom's not selling that Tupperware anymore. So I mean, they they sold the house. You think they live on that for a while? But I guess yeah. not. So. Yeah. Where do they move to? Did they put their mom in a home? That's another whole story we're missing out on. Like, what happened? to I think it's kids? pretty safe to say they put the mom in the home oh, and yeah. never talked to her again. They're probably just living in an apartment complex somewhere in Erie. Why not just keep the house? Anyway, again, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, if they're gonna live there anyway. <laughs> Um, but it, was, it was still a nice callback. I liked, yeah. liked seeing those guys again. Yeah, it was pretty cool. So, I mean, I guess that's basically it. But, oh, yeah, we, we missed out on the ending. So, you know, the dad comes home, and he's, like, all pissed off because he wrecked his truck. Yeah. And he's like, ah, this is the record. That This is the one he's always listening to. And he, he's like, they put some liminal message on these things. If you play them backwards, he starts oh, playing it backwards. Hold on. We need to note, like, by the time this is escalated to this point, right, mm -hmm. somehow Marshall was convinced the police officer, his sister... And uh, I think his own parents, right? No, is it? A, but anyway, Marshall convinces a police officer and his sister, who is doing a ride along with police officers for some reason for a class yeah. project. And the police officer um, is like obviously just trying to impress her. Yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> um, but uh, they they go back to this guy's, you know, Todd's parents' house, and Todd's dad is freaking out, um, and. 
you know, convinces them to go upstairs and listen to this record. So by the time Todd's dad is playing this record, he has an audience of, you know, I'm pretty sure Simon's there, Marshall, uh, cop, uh, mom, Todd's mom. Yeah. And uh, Marshall's sister. Marshall's sister. And eventually Todd shows up somehow. Yeah, he gets there kind of late. <laughs> Maybe it's Todd and his mom show up at, yeah. at kind of towards the end. But Dad is playing the record, and uh, what is what is on the record? Yeah, he's playing the record backwards, yeah. trying to find the subliminal messages, but it's his own voice yelling at his son and belittling him. Don't you have to play the record backwards to hear the message? This is what's ruining my kid. Why can't you pull your own weight? Do I have to do everything for you? What is wrong with you? Aren't you stupid enough? Isn't your mind already full of mush? You want to pollute that worthless brain of yours even more. Hmm? And why can't you get a haircut? Why can't you study more? Why aren't you doing your chores? Turn that pew-pew cold music off and go to bed before you destroy what few brain cells you have left. He realizes, oh, I've been a real jerk to my kid. Yeah. And, um, they make up. It's a nice, happy ending. It is actually kind of a nice message, because I think sometimes, uh... For what it's worth, I do, I do think a lot of people don't realize how terrible they are. And, yeah. like, there's moments where you kind of realize, you know what I mean, like some of the things you've said or, you yeah. know. So, I mean, you know, it's a nice message for kids, I think. Um, yeah. It's a, it's, it's, a nice, it's a nice happy ending where the dad's like, wow, I've been a real jerk to my kid. Yeah. Come on. Bring it in, son. <laughs> and they kind of make up. And we never hear from Todd again. Todd, yeah, Todd is, is totally healthy <laughs> and, you know. Um, Another uh, disposable friend for Marshall. <laughs> um, here's a quick question for you. Do you think if this show had survived a little bit longer, if they had done, you know, say, two or three years of the show, mm-hmm. do you think it would have done kind of like Parks and Rec or The Simpsons do, where they have reoccurring characters? And I bet they would. I bet they would have brought back some of those characters. Because they kinda, already brought back Bert and Ernie. In this say, and then also the shop owner of... Um, uh, I keep forgetting the name of that place. Uh, World of Stuff. World of Stuff. He's in a couple of episodes already. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it kind of stands to reason that maybe they were building a little universe and would have kind of kept weaving in and out yeah. as they progressed. Um, one thing I think we haven't even noted, or noted is that uh, Marshall does voiceover throughout all these episodes. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of a device they use basically to feed you, uh, fill you in on things you may have missed because the episodes are so quick. Yeah. But also just to kind of spoon feed uh, the, the resolutions and, you know, what people are feeling and stuff like that. So sometimes it's a little on the nose. That's yeah. okay. And uh, what was the object they kept for this episode? It was the record, right? The record player. Oh, the record yeah. player. That's right. Because at the end, uh, Marshall's commits that he's like, you know, maybe it was a trick or maybe it was like a one-off thing. And he tries to play a, his own record. Yeah. Um, and there's been a running gag all throughout the episode of Simon, the music he likes. <laughs> Is like schmaltzy kind of ballads and yeah. stuff like that. I forgot really so the artist. Just yeah, yeah. And uh, when when Marshall starts to play the record backwards, that's what he hears. He hears Simon's Simon voice singing like, that yeah. song. One lace and promises, a kiss for luck, and we're on our way. We've only just begun. <laughs> and he looks up, and Simon, of course, is like. <laughs> Like in the room with him somehow. He's like, so he's like, "You are ignoring me again in this episode. But we're still buddies <laughs> for some reason. I'm totally cool with you, like constantly ignoring me for other people. But I'm so that, that's what made, I like. Mar- I like uh, I like Simon a lot because he's just he's a cool kid. He just kind of mm. he's a pretty chill little dude. Like after that one episode where he got kind of jealous of Marshall hanging out with other kids. He was kind of... He got it out of the system. He's, he's cool with just kind of hanging by himself. Uh, the next episode is The Dead Letter. The Dead Letter starring... Toby Maguire. Spider-Man! Which, uh, oddly enough, looks the same. Like, he... <laughs> yeah, it really has not aged. Yeah, really he, he was 17 when they shot this, and... He's like in his early forties now, and he—if you look at a side-by-side picture, there's not that big of a yeah. difference in the way he looks. Like he's—he's uh, he's aged well. Good for him. Tell us what the dead letter is about. Uh, Marshall finds a letter in a library book at the World of Stuff, and um, 
At least I think they were at the World of Stuff, weren't they? Yeah, the there was an the library, the local library is selling old books. That's what it was at the World of Stuff mm-hmm. to make money or whatever. They're yeah. destitute. That's never resolved, by the way. Oh yeah. As far as we know, the library shut down because yeah. they couldn't raise <laughs> enough money, whatever. But yeah. that's why the World of Stuff has all these really old books. Yeah. So Marshall finds this letter inside one of the old books, uh, and uh, of course it. Conjures up the ghost of Trip McConnell, played by Tobey Maguire. Wow. And, uh, I'm surprised you remember that name. Yeah, Trip. Trip McConnell. It's a it's a name I've remembered since the early '90s. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's like a, so like any it's time, a name that's stuck in my head for some reason. That was obviously the first time you saw Tobey Maguire, right? Yeah, but at the time it, he was a he wasn't anybody at all. I, but like when he when he began, <laughs> like when he popped up in like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and then Spider Man, mm-hmm. where you like, holy shit, it's it just trip. Like, nope, didn't even occur to me because yeah. I think the the next time I recognized him in, or next time I saw him in anything, where I was like, I I was like, who's that guy? It was the uh, Pleasantville? Mm, right, right. But it actually wasn't until years later uh, when I went back and rewatched Harry yeah. and I was like. Oh, it's Toby McGuire. Like, I don't know. I guess I just, for whatever reason, it didn't really, like, stick in my mind. But I did, his name did, though, for some reason, his character's name. Um, so, he's got this letter. Yeah. Ghost of Trip McConnell shows up, and it's like, hey, Marshall, I gotta, you gotta give this letter to my girlfriend, because I, you know, he doesn't explain anything. He just, give this to my girlfriend, and but Marshall's in- like, blow off, dude. Now, Marshall. You have to do a little favor for me. Um, no thanks. Let's go, Simon. It should be noted that Trip looks old timey. Like he, yes. he he looks like he's from like the twenties yeah. or maybe thirties. Looks like one of the newsies. He's got one of yeah. his like hats on. And yeah. his, his pants are pulled up to his knees with the big socks. Right, right, right. Very and, dapper. Very dapper. Yeah, and he's able to somehow hypnotize everyone except for Marshall. That's a good point. Yeah, he shows up. Marshall gets home and Trip's there, and he's just. Marshall's family is just fawning over him, and they're just like, "Oh my God, Chip is amazing!" Hold on, just real quick. Why did Marshall not want to do this? What was the explanation? I don't know. He's just sort of like, he's like, "Hey, can you give this letter to somebody?" He's like, <laughs> "No." <laughs> Marshall's an asshole, man. All the episodes we watched in this last chunk, he's he's very insufferable. All I want you to do is help me with a little problem I'm having. You see, I'm in love with the most wonderful girl. Look, pal. I think you're trouble, and I don't want anything to do with you. And I'm for sure not going anywhere near any girl you know. Yeah, it's pretty funny <laughs> if, like, uh, if Simon kind of was, like, trying to keep him in line, like, Hey, man. Marshall, take it easy. Being kind of a jerk to that kid, like, I mean, he just wants us to give this letter to his girlfriend. Like, what's the harm in that? Don't be a jerk, Marshall. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, Marshall, Marshall shows up yeah. at his house, and uh, Trip has charmed his entire family. I mean, they're just utterly in love with him. Yeah. They're to like, the point where there's for dinner. Why right. don't you live here? Yeah, yeah they, they want him to move in and take uh, Marshall's room. And I, my favorite part of the episode is when Marshall's mom is like, "Oh, Marshall can live in the basement." And listen, you know, if you need a place to stay, yeah, why don't you stay with us? I mean, geez, you people are so nice. I'd love to live with you. Great, you can stay in Marshall's room. We could put Marshall in the basement. Yeah, like she's so happy about this concept of like forcing her kid to live in the basement for some reason. That's like this really kid's way appealing. To my kid. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's like kind of he's like hypnotized their his family into just loving him, and then uh, Trip once again is like, "Dude, can you just give this letter to my girlfriend?" Mm. And uh, I guess at that point, Marshall's finally like, "All right, fine, I'll deliver it to her as long as you leave me alone." Yeah. You very charismatic, likable ghost. Like, for some reason, Marshall's the only one that doesn't like him. Uh, so Marshall and uh, uh, Simon go to his girlfriend's house, who's, of course, a very old lady now. Yes. And uh, it, it's been 60 years. Since, yeah. yeah. And so she, you know, she tells them off and tells them to get lost because they think she thinks that they're pulling a prank on her because they're like she's like Trip McConnell's been dead since 1929 yeah you know but she does say something along the lines of we we should have been married or something yeah. right doesn't she say something like yeah. you know we were supposed to be married but it never happened because he yeah. died Trip McConnell should have been my husband but Trip McConnell's been dead for 62 years he's, he's a, a ghost, ghost. He was supposed to be my husband, you little jerks. Yeah. Thanks for bringing in. it up. 
Oh, <laughs> pour salt on the wound, why don't you? <laughs> so uh, then, then they're like, "Oh, we did all we can do. Fuck you!" And like, and they just you know kind of drop it. Yeah, Trip shows up in the in the attic, and he's like, "Hey, did you give that letter to my girl?" And they're like, "Yeah, she didn't want it, dude. Get lost!" And then he's like, <laughs> "She didn't want it," and it starts snowing on. Yeah, but it's very Edward Scissorhands. Like, yeah. oh. And then once again, Marshall says another dick thing. Enough already. Cut it out. Look what you're doing to my house. I'm sorry. Let's face it. I'm a walking disaster area. It's like because <laughs> it's so snowing. Yeah, it's like ghost snow is not going to hurt your attic, dude. Just relax. <laughs> so, Chip's uh, very sad, and so he's like, "Oh, I forgot to point this out. The old lady tears the letter up." Oh right, yeah, yeah. And then, but Trip is able to use his ghost powers to conjure up a new letter that looks exactly like the one. Yeah. Here, 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 another quick question. Again, you know, the show for children. Um, Twenty minutes to tell this damn story. Yeah. But uh, if he's that powerful, mm-hmm. why couldn't he just like ghost magic deliver the letter? Well, he said that he couldn't go past the point in the street where he was hit by the milk truck, another oh, right. reoccurring thing. Cool. So that's why he needs Marshall to do it, because the the old lady lives on the other side of the street. So he has, like, all kinds of fucking powers on that one side of the street, yeah. but just can't literally cross over, like... Yeah, which doesn't really make a lot of sense, because he's, he's able to go anywhere else in town, because he's able to go all the way saying. to Marshall's house. That's what I meant, yeah. So why can't he just... And he can what conjure up the letter. So what, I guess what I'm saying is, why couldn't he have just mailed it? <laughs> yes, that's he could have just mailed the letter. He could have done it like after the fact, and you know, mm, it would have gone where it needed to go. Then he would have been trying to like convince some jerk kid, <laughs> right? <laughs> then there wouldn't be a TV episode for sure. That's true. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, again, this is just fun to pick apart. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he <laughs> that would have been another funny line as if uh, Marshall had been like. Why don't you just put it in the mail? Yeah, like, or Marshall's yeah. just like a real asshole, and he just gets modern postage and puts it yeah. in there. It's like there, I'm going to put it in the mailbox for you, and he's you know <laughs> that's the end of the episode. The credits roll. Yeah, just <laughs> like uh, oh, thanks. <laughs> the end. So yeah, so Marshall uh, and Simon come up with a cockamamie scheme to get this letter in the hands of this lady. Uh, so. <laughs> We also forgot to mention that the old lady lives with her granddaughter. Right, right. Uh, granddaughter, who's a caretaker for some reason. Yes. Yeah. And so to distract the granddaughter while uh, Marshall climbs in her the old lady's window, uh, Simon wears a fake mustache and glasses and a hat and pretends to be doing a survey. Yeah. My name is Matt. How are you? I am conducting a survey in your neighborhood. Would you mind answering a few questions? Thank you. Which actually I thought was a kind of a funny little bit. Yeah, it was funny. So Marshall goes upstairs and he finally, like, you know, he reads the letter out loud to the old lady because she's not having it. And once once she hears what the letter says, uh, the letter's like, meet me at the world of stuff tomorrow at 4.30 or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, uh, it's dated for uh, tonight, so you need to come with me and uh, Trip's going to be there. He convinces this old lady that Ghost Trip is going to be at this at right. the world of stuff. And so in... Instead of just, like, going downstairs and leaving through the front door, they get this, like, 90-year-old woman to climb down, like, a two- or three-story from a two- or three-story <laughs> window down the ladder. Yeah. And she lives across the street from the world of stuff, but yet she has to get on their bike handles, so they, <laughs> they yeah. ride her on their bikes uh, yeah. across the street. But it, it really it's a fun kid thing, yeah. so they get there, and it's, you know... Which apparently they have keys to uh, the store as well to get in there after hours. Yeah, another good point. The, maybe, the store maybe Trip, is closed. Trip uses his magic yeah, ghost powers to open the, the, the place for them, I guess. And so uh, Trip's like... Uh, well, no, no. First she goes in yeah. and she's like, oh, I get it. Because Trip doesn't show up. Yeah. He's expecting a pretty 13-year-old girl. All he's getting is a faded old bat. But I'm an old hag! I'm an old lady now! Who wants to be with an old lady? He doesn't want to get on top of some crone! (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... And then Trip appears... And uh, I was thinking, how funny would it be if he did do something like that? Where she's like, oh, Trip. And he's like, ugh, who are you? <laughs> I, I'm, your, I'm the woman you love. 
No, you're not. Uh, that chick was really hot, and you're kind of old. So is she your granddaughter? Like, where is she? You know, it'd been funny if he was just like a real jerk about it. But of course, like in his eyes, she's still this gorgeous girl that he knew and loved as a yeah. Kid. Which we you see know. that we we see yeah. his point of view, and she's still 13 years old and his age. Yeah. And there's actually like a pretty funny line where she's like, uh, he's like, she's like, how have you been? Well, I've been kind of dead, Mary. And you? Boring. Kind of old, I guess. <laughs> but still beautiful. It's very nice writing. Yeah. I thought, I thought they, did a, they did a good job. <laughs> There's another funny line where she's like, he's like, so did you ever get married? She's like, yeah, six times. Six times? Married. <laughs> He's like he seems like visibly like oh. <laughs> would have been funny if he'd have been. She said, uh, "Yeah, I was married six times." Like ew, I mean, like he just like right, you know, right, right. slut shamed her. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "Dude, come on!" <laughs> A lot of people get married six times, but she points out the reason she's been married so many times is because they were never him. Yeah, yes. she was in love with Trip yeah, all this time, uh, and then they yeah. get together. And then she dies. <laughs> Fucking dies. <laughs> and uh, the next day, they see their ghost hanging out. Yeah, the, the the ghost couple. She's thirteen again, and they're hanging out. The world of stuff, holding hands. Mm. And Simon like, tries to take a. Are they die happily ever after? Die have it. Yeah, nice. Simon tries to take a picture of them, and uh, they disappear right before he can yep. get it off. So. Took Simon way too long to it take really, that picture. It really did because they were there for a while. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a fun episode. I like that one. Yeah, it was good. Um, we have one more. That was the Lost Hour, directed by our friend Bob Balaban, who directed Balaban, uh, yeah. Balaban directed uh, Parents, which yes. we uh, talked about on a previous episode. Um, and also starred in uh, several episodes of Seinfeld, and was in Close Encounters of a Third Kind, and he's in all those Christopher Guest movies and stuff. Um, one little aside, it was written by Vance DeGeneres. What? <laughs> Vance DeGeneres. Oh, okay. The brother of Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, I didn't know that. little factoid for you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hmm. Learning so much about Erie, Indiana. Hooray! So this one is the uh, Lost Hour, right? Is that the yes. Movie? Yeah. So the you want to give the premise of this one? Yes. Let me let me read it. Cool. Marshall doesn't like the Indiana practice of ignoring daylight savings time, and sets his clock back an hour anyway. When he wakes up the next day, he finds himself all alone, save for a runaway teenage girl and a group of garbage collectors who want the two of them dead. Oh. And this week's friend of the week, played by Nikki Cox. <laughs> Good old Nikki Cox. Nikki Cox. We all know Nikki Cox, right? From uh, Run, Ronnie, Run. She was married to Jay Moore. And she, Unhappily Ever After. That's Las right. Las Vegas. Yeah, she was. She when she got a little bit older, she got super sexy and played like sexy oh, girl roles. Yeah, she's in this episode. She's like twelve or thirteen in this episode. Um, but anyway, getting ahead of it, nice. the story. Marshall wakes up. After he sets his watch back the next morning, and he's still in his boxer shorts the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, that that really threw me. That he wakes up in his boxer shorts, and like when he realizes no one's in his house, he throws on sneakers and runs outside. Yeah. Like I just don't feel like anyone, especially a thirteen-year-old boy, yeah. would do that. I mean, you throw on shorts or like pants something. or something. Yeah. I mean, right? Yeah, you don't just like know. run outside in your underwear and like. Everybody. <laughs> Everybody, come out, please! Yeah. He usually goes outside, everyone's like in their yard, like, the kid next door just walked outside in his underwear. <laughs> but he's wearing shoes, it's yeah. even weirder. That, that's the part that really throws yeah. me. Like, he thought to put on shoes, right. not pants. I mean, that, that's, that's, what, that's what I'm saying, if you walked out barefoot, I would almost understand that. That's yeah. like, you're in a haze and you just want to know, but he had enough, yeah, I was yeah. like, well, my feet, I don't want to, oh, no, no. And then later in the episode, he's hanging out with this cute girl in his mm. underwear. <laughs> and, he's not, and then he's like... Hey, let's go to New Jersey in my underwear. <laughs> She's like, all right. Uh, again, getting ahead. He's, he's, he's a suave guy. Yeah. That's Marshall a- wants what Marshall wants. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Marshall, uh, he's looking for everybody. No one's around. And then uh, 
the running theme of the milk truck. He gets hit by a milk truck. Yeah. Again, another person gets hit by a milk truck. And a, a wacky a British old man. Uh, throws milk in his face. Yeah, throws milk in his like, wake up! It throws a, <laughs> a generous amount of milk in his face. Gratuitous <laughs> amount yeah. of just milk. It's all over this kid. No. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Yeah, uh, Come on! <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he, he's, he, he lets Marshall know, like, Just let's say you screw things up big time when you set your watch back and you wound up one hour behind everybody else in Erie. Welcome to the last hour. Hey, the only way to, to get out of here is to go back to the original position you were in and set your clock back, and then you'll wake up in your own time or whatever. And he's like, you gotta help me out because there's another girl who's been here for a year. She did the same thing you did. She's stuck in this weird time loop. Yeah. And so you gotta you gotta help me out. She she's she runs away from me, but you're another kid. She'll probably. She'll probably listen to you. No, why couldn't he just hit her with the milk truck? That's what he did with Marshall. Because hmm. she won't leave no. the world of stuff, maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. No. That's, that's that's the only logic I could think of. But you're right. She, he should have just hit her with a milk truck. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, maybe he tried and missed, and maybe that's why she won't go near him now. <laughs> mm. And, uh, of course, and, and the, the milkman also peppers in these little hints like, uh, he knows Marshall's name. He knows where Marshall lives. Marshall's mm. like, how do you know this? He's like, ah, don't worry about it. And then later on, uh, Nikki Cox, he's like, hey, Nikki Cox, blah, blah, blah. She's like, how do you know my name? He's like, mm. let's just say we've met before. You know, mm. he won't just come out and say things. Because later on at the end of the episode, uh, Marshall's like, how do you know all this stuff? He's like, uh, let's just say, uh... I have a thing that you have, and just, just tell him that you're him. <laughs> I'm you from the future. That's basic, That's what he is. When you grow up, you get slightly British. Uh, <laughs> and you drive a milk truck. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing that, that uh, kind of bugged me about that episode, was like, if that's supposed to be old old man Marshall, why, why does he have a British accent? There's no time for questions. A girl's life is at stake. Well, also, you know, I feel silly for asking the question of whatever what happens to these characters when they grow up, because it just answered it. We know Marshall becomes a milkman. That's true, and gets stuck in a time loop. Again, I guess he sets his clock back to help himself. Maybe, but it's why, a loop. Why would he? I don't know. Like, why would he willingly go back to that? And just be like, I'm just going to drive around in a, in a milk truck. <laughs> maybe, maybe at a certain point in his life, he just realizes. I would be better off in that that dead zone helping people. Or maybe like as an older man, he he remembers like, oh, I need to go back in time and uh, help my former, my young self get back to the regular yeah. time so that, you know, Cause the yeah. space-time continuum doesn't collapse in on itself or yeah. whatever. Also, maybe he's effectively immortal in that zone. Here we are. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he's like a hybrid. Uh, anyway. Yeah, that's that's basically it. Also, we forgot to mention the milk carton. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. Earlier, Simon is drinking from a milk carton. Yeah. They're having kind of like a sleepover, uh, and they're eating ding-dongs. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're drinking out of this huge milk carton, and it has her picture on the milk carton. Correct? Yeah, it's got Nicky Cox's picture on yeah. it. And uh, when you look into the back window of Old Man Marshall's uh, milk truck... It's like a window into the uh, milk carton, yeah. out of the milk carton. So you see Marshall's face on the milk carton. He's talking to Simon like, hey, Simon, <laughs> I'm stuck in a milk carton. they yeah. got to help me. You know. Simon, once again, saves the day, comes in, sets the watch, and uh, Marshall's back in his own time. Nikki Cox back in her own time. And uh, all's well that ends well. Is Nikki Cox from a different era? Does it no, she had, just, she, had, she had gone missing a year earlier. Okay. Because she had done the same thing that Marshall did a year earlier, but she didn't realize that she was stuck in a weird, like, time loop thing. Yeah, no one ever explained it to her. Yeah, so she just thought, like, everyone else disappeared except for me. Uh, so she just kind of hangs out in the world of stuff and, like, mm. 
does whatever she wants. And she seems pretty content being there until Marshall's... Until she looks in the window and sees, like, oh, my family misses me. Yeah. Even if any of that stuff is true, and I'm sure it's not, I like it here. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, and there's no one here telling me what to do. So she's she's an independent woman at 13. <laughs> uh, but there's more, uh, more characters showing up in the later episodes, and... More fun stuff to look forward to. Um, so, but this is probably your favorite batch, as, as far as probably. Yeah. Um, the last episode is really fun. Mm. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it for you. What's what's going to happen? But uh, and it, I mean, it's just a kids show. It's not really going to. Huh? It's not going to be super disappointing if you know anything. But still, it'll be fun to see what happens next. So. Well, on that note, I just want to. Put it out there to anyone listening that, you know, maybe we would do this with another batch of shows. Is there a show that you'd like to hear us go episode by episode with? Or is there anything you'd like to add about Erie, Indiana? Let us know. We're here waiting at night. Alright guys, well, thank you for joining us for Half-Assed Horrorcast Nights. Remember, keep slamming that evil, and keep busting. So little to watch. Shut up!